Welcome to Inside the Economy with SHNJ. Presented by Larry Howes of Sharky, Howes, and Jaber. Learn more about Sharky, Howes, and Jaber at shwj.com. Thank you for listening. A uh, quick review of the numbers in the last week. Not a lot of excitement, I must say. Crude oil is struggling to stay in the 50s. There's a fair amount of pressure to come back down in the 40s. The euro's made a small recovery from approaching parity with the dollar. It's up to 106. Uh, the yield curve and the bond market have kind of relaxed from the, let's call it the Trump rally. More into that a little bit later. Otherwise, there's not a lot of excitement. The uh, been a lot of press recently here about the LIBOR rate, three-month LIBOR this morning. Actually, Friday was 102. It was uh, 0.53 in December 2015, basically a year ago. So for just mathematics, if you borrowed a million dollars in December 2015 and you had a floating rate loan, which you almost certainly did, was tied to LIBOR. So that loan probably started out about 4.53. Now that loan costs 5.02. Interest rates are not skyrocketing. They are indeed going up at a glacial pace, clearly in lockstep with the Fed. No, No drama here. Also, the dollar, which seems to be getting a lot of press here lately, uh, trade weight of the dollar is up about 20% since 2014. So, U.S. goods and services are a little more expensive to foreign buyers. Any company that sells in dollars uh, is probably taking a little hit because their offerings are more expensive. So, it hurts the U.S. exporting sector a little. So... 2015, 44% of the revenue in the S&P 500 came from foreign markets. And earnings in the S&P 500 have indeed slowed a little bit. I will remind you they're still at a amazing $108 plus per share. So not a lot of drama there. A quick update. Now, we had, after the election, some things termed all kinds. There was the Trump rally. There was all kinds of things. There was the bond market, interest rates shooting up, a lot of activities. Well, the bond market has has since corrected a little bit. And here's basically some of the details. July last year, since the referendum in the U.K., beginning of the Brexit, interest rates have crept up, not because of the U.K. referendum, because the Fed said it's very clear we're going to raise rates, and they did. Well, there was a skyrocketing 100 basis point increase in interest rates in the U.S. right after the election. Again, I'll remind you, it really wasn't based on the election other than somebody's fear of inflation. So it's going to take a little while for the bond market to come back down. Uh, It will come back down uh, for a variety of reasons. And, you know, here they are. Now, the consumer is not overspending. There's not a lot of credit push and not a lot of delinquencies. Non-revolving credit, nice way to say mortgages, continue to creep down, even though there's a fair amount of new households being started. Revolving credit has crept up a little tiny bit. 
a little spending on credit cards. Vast majority of that, everybody's got a new car. That probably is not going to change in 2017. But if you're sensitive to bubbles, like I am, probably the biggest bubble you might want to track over the course of time is total private sector debt to GDP. One of those obscure ratios the Federal Reserve Board keeps. And uh, if you look at this from 2000 to when the market corrected in 2009, there was a wonderful bubble developing. It has since popped. And there's no driving force out there going to start increasing private sector debt, least of all inflation. The other side of the coin is, gee, we have to have manufacturing jobs back in the U.S. or we'll never get this economy going. I know that's a little sarcastic and I'm paraphrasing something, but again, it has nothing to do with the World Trade Organization. It started about 1998. And it has nothing to do with China joining the World Trade Organization, about 2004. Manufacturing is just not something that happens in the United States that needs a lot of people. There's a lot of automated and sophisticated and machine-driven manufacturing in the U.S., very specialized, and that will increase. And it's a great piece of psychology when 200 jobs are saved in Lansing, Michigan, rather than going to Mexico. It's great for the press, but it isn't substantive. Manufacturing share of total employment in the U.S. is never going anywhere. It's about 8% right now. Uh, okay, corporate profits. Well, corporate profits and, and the receipts derived from those profits have actually been in decline now, about a year and a half. Uh, the glory days of the recovery in 2009 and 2010 and, and everybody looking so much better have equalized and uh, the profits have sort of flattened. Now, that isn't a huge deal. I'll remind everybody, if you look at the composition of the federal revenue, uh, it is basically oriented around jobs, payroll taxes, and W-2 income. That's 75%. That concept is 75% of total federal revenues. Corporate income taxes, about 9%. It's not a big deal, but it has a lot of psychology attached to it uh, because of this. Uh, U.S. has very high corporate tax rates. There's no doubt about it. They're probably the highest in the world out, outside of Venezuela. Uh, Germany's lower. ODEC average is lower. U.K. is down there. Ireland's pretty much running on the bottom. Uh, if there is some change in this, it will certainly play well in the press. It will probably help corporate earnings a little bit because they won't be coughing up to the Treasury. And the federal government won't collapse due to a huge loss of income because it isn't a particularly big piece of income to begin with. It's a diplomatic way of saying that. Fun to watch, not very substantive. Uh, globally, the uh, PMI numbers... That's the Purchasing Manager Index. We follow very closely in the U.S. They're very meaningful in the U.S. Uh, U.S. is up, about 53. Germany is up. France, of all places, is up. And China's claiming to be up, which is fine. Manufacturing seems to be trying to move forward in a lot of these areas. But, well, two of those four, Germany and China, are predominantly exporting economies. 
and the export numbers don't jive with this very much. In fact, China's down two years in a row of significantly diminishing exports. Uh, Germany's still selling cars, mostly to the U.S., but I wouldn't say the manufacturing activity is going to bail out Europe just yet. This helps Portugal, Spain, France, even Greece is trying to provide more jobs, working real hard. Uh, the unemployment rate has come down a little bit. If you look into these numbers, especially Portugal and Greece, who claimed really to be doing great with unemployment numbers, it's a lot like the U.S. was about two and a half years ago when the unemployment numbers started to come down and look great. That Most of that was people leaving the work, the marketplace, leaving the workforce, not even looking anymore. That's clearly what's happening in Greece. I suspect that's a fair amount of happening in Portugal. There isn't a lot of economic boom going on there. And I'll remind you that Greece has another huge loan payment coming this summer. We'll see how that transpires. Uh, there's not a lot of other excitement anywhere. There's very little drama, not a lot of news until the markets open up again. So uh, that's it for now. Thanks for listening.